anytime I'm in a situation that feels challenging or hard for me, or, you know, just not this like bubbly, joyful place that I, that I really work to be at often is to remind myself that whatever is happening in my life is happening for me. And even though I, as a human, can't understand how all of this is working, that there is some reason that I'm going through this particular challenge that is going Mm -hmm. to unlock something beautiful in my future. Mm -hmm. And so I would ask others to think about their situation in a challenging moment and just give yourself the ability to trust that that moment is unlocking something beautiful in your future. You're listening, You're listening to the On Call Impact Show. Hey guys, we are back for another episode of the On Call Empath. And today I have a very special guest. Her name is Demetria. She is an author and a healer. Um, and she just, you know, also has a book that she came out with called The Return of Light Within. Today she's going to be brave enough to come forward for all the listeners around the world to take her story and just know that you guys are not alone. Very brave to come on here. She's very passionate about what she does, helping others and very spiritual. And that's what kind of drew me to her. Demetria, welcome to the podcast show. How are you doing? Hi, Raj. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great today. Um, That's great. You know, I'm so excited for you to be on this podcast and you know, today, um, one of the topics that I, you know, wanted to cover was, you know, something that that's very, you know, close to you and you wanted to share with the world about your traumatic experiences. But before we get started, if you could just tell me a little about, you know, maybe your book and, and what kind of drew you to, you know, publish a memoir. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have been on a healing journey, really, you know, my whole life, I realize now, but I didn't know it at the time. And um, I felt in this past, really last section of really processing so much over the last two plus years, I realized that I felt really alone and like I didn't know where to turn to to get help. I have, you know, been in traditional therapy. I've done a lot of things. um, And I was looking for other books, other people that had a similar story. And I just didn't find someone else's story out there that felt really closely tied to my own. And one day I started writing and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm writing a book. Okay. Um, And I realized that one of the ways that I can help other people is by sharing my story and helping, you know, maybe one or two people in the world feel less alone um, as they go through their own experience. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, for a lot of people that, you know, have gone through trauma, you know, they turn things around to help others. I mean, one of the things I did personally was create this podcast as a platform for all the people that are out there, the HSPs, the highly sensitives, the empaths, you know, trauma victims around the world. So I really commend you for for coming on to this podcast and and willing to, you know, be transparent with the world of, of exactly what you went through. And that kind of leads me to the first question is, you know, 
um, if you can kind of describe what you went through as far as your your story, if you could share that with the uh, listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's what's sort of interesting about my story that that I'm sure other people can relate to is that I've never allowed myself to feel like my trauma, my experience is all that bad. I have discounted it my whole life and thought, you know, I had a couple of incidences and that, you know, compared to what other people experience, I just didn't have it that bad. So I shouldn't really honor it in that way. And as I've gone through my own journey, I've realized that it doesn't matter what what other people have gone through. The reality is, is that it was traumatic for me. And I should honor that and really heal from that and Mm -hmm. allow myself to recognize the other ways that Mm -hmm. that trauma has influenced the rest of my Mm -hmm. life. Yes. It's very interesting that you say that because I mean, even personally myself, you know, I'll, I'll look at, you know, my trauma that I've been through and then I'll, I'll compare it with other people and, and I'll just kind of sit back. I'm like, well, mine wasn't, I wasn't even that close as bad as that person's or, and so if you can just kind of tell us why comparing or looking at other people's, why we discount our own self, where does that come from? I have not uncovered the, that (laughs) yet. I'm still, I think I'm still working on that, but I think we all are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, maybe it's a protective mechanism to say, oh, this wasn't so bad. I don't, I don't really need to deal with it. It's almost like uh, Mm -hmm. masking so that you can say, use it as an excuse to not actually Mm -hmm. do the work. I think that was my, my case for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Cause it's like, a lot of times I'll be like, well, it's not too bad. I mean, you'll get, you'll be fine. You'll get over it and you know, you'll be fine. And and you just kind of put it underneath the rug. And then next thing you know, it's it's coming out in other ways, the way you, you know, talk to other people, different triggers, things like that. But also you're really big on limited beliefs. And and I wanted to really touch on that subject. Let me ask you, what limited beliefs were created um in regards to your trauma? Yeah, it's so it's so funny actually, because I've been I've been really working on this for, you know more than a decade actively with therapists, with shamanic healings, all this, all this work that I've done. And literally just two, maybe, yeah, maybe two or three weeks ago, I um, got dressed. It was a really beautiful day out, nice and warm. I put on a sundress that was, you know, not revealing or anything. I had my hair and makeup done and I went to grab coffee with a girlfriend and she was running a few minutes late. And because you know, we're in a pandemic still. Um, I waited outside the coffee shop for her instead of inside. And so I was standing on the street in this dress and, um, and I've been really working on self-expression. That's sort of the phase that I'm in is, is really allowing myself to do things for me and really shine. And in that moment, a car drove by and a man whistled at me and all Mm -hmm. of the work that I had done all of this healing just came crashing down. <laughs> Went out the window. Yes, yeah. In that instant, it was like gone. And I I felt so violated that this man would whistle mm-hmm. at me as he drove by. It was like 930. <laughs> How dare he? How dare he? You know, I was just, yeah. 
I was livid. And what was so fascinating to me was that in the span of maybe 10 minutes while I waited for my girlfriend, I just started to process some stuff. I was like, wait a minute, why am I upset that this guy mm-hmm. whistled at me? Was I actually in danger in any way? You know, I mm-hmm. started to process this and I was like, he's he's literally driving by in a car. By the time I'm processing that he whistled at me, he's like gone. Far <laughs> <laughs> away. I'm not actually in danger. And right. what it uncovered for me is that I do have this limiting belief that Mm -hmm. I actually want to stay invisible. And Mm. it was fascinating because I felt like I have done so much work and that I really put myself out there. I've written this book. I've talked to people. I I really pride myself on being authentic and transparent in what I've gone through. And in that instant, it just all clicked together that Mm -hmm. the trauma of of putting myself out there as a young girl, really, um, and trying to be seen and express myself in that moment when I was really recognized or noticed, you, you know, I was attacked, I was sexually assaulted when I was a, a young girl. And mm-hmm. I really connected the idea that I was dressing incorrectly, that I was too flirtatious, that I was too smiley. You know, I had this really lovely energy about me and two boys attacked me. And Mm. I felt like, okay, so in order to be safe, what I need to do is to make sure that I'm dressing in a way that people don't notice me or it doesn't call Mm -hmm. much attention to me. I need to make sure that I'm not too outspoken or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, radiating my energy out into the universe too. Right, because if right. somebody sees me, then I might be putting myself in danger. And yeah. that to me, in that moment, as that guy drove by, you know, it all clicked. It all like flashed in front of your eyes. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yes. And that is so common. I mean, I know that you've you had a bad incident and it can trigger things way down the line. It could be decades. I don't think there's a time frame that we can put on it, but I mean, you're not upset at the whistler. It's, it's the fact that you, you went through some sort of traumatic experience and something triggered you inside. And so now you have to spend all this energy, like how do you know, you have to wonder how you dress, how you come across and all this stress that goes with that. And so with trauma, I mean, it's just a con. It's for me and a lot of the people that have been on the show, um, professionals, they say that it doesn't matter how much you work that you do. I mean, once you go through a trauma, you can have here and there. And that's being human, you know, having those moments where you, you have those triggers. You can be like, you know, one of very popular um, speaker and and been through so much in life and still have your moments because we're all human. Yeah. We're all human beings. We all have emotions <laughs> and nobody's above anyone else. We all feel things. So, so I, I want to thank you for, you know, coming forward with that because nobody de- gets deserved to, you know, be cat called like that. And um, especially when you've been through trauma, because I'll ask myself, like, what if I was just like somebody that didn't go through all that crap in my life? Would I have responded the same way or felt the same things? Probably not. Exactly. And in that moment, I was able to transform my 
feeling of being violated into realizing that it's the trauma that makes me feel violated, Mm -hmm. not the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that I had control. I do have control about how I react to that. So Mm -hmm. instead of feeling violated, I actually somehow in that moment was able to say, oh, wait, I did actually put myself together today. I do look decent and he notices that so actually he is appreciating the fact that like i'm radiating all my like beauty and energy into the world yeah. and i can <laughs> just be appreciative that he's appreciating right. you know my beautiful energy that i, that right. I have and so it was a really beautiful like right. ultra fast condensed 10 minutes of my right. life where i was able to um you know be triggered process it and come out the other side with a totally different perspective. Yeah. And one thing I do notice, I mean, just for for myself is changing that dialogue in our heads. Like in your instance, like you could have been like, Hey, you know what? I got it going on. I mean, I'm, I, I'm glad people are noticing me and and my energy and uh, I would not want people to, you know, do that because, you know, that just shows that just shows that I'm 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 this ball of energy and people are responding well to it versus how dare did that person do that and take it personally and then it just ruins your day your week and then it just lowers your self esteem so there's like two ways you can go about it, and that's what I I'm, I'm actually working on now personally is when I do get triggered when something does happen I can either go it one one way or the other way and that's that's the hardest part is, is, is trying to go in that different dialogue in our heads, because in our mind, especially trauma victims, we always take the latter route. It's like, man, why am I, why am I so weak that I, you know, I can't, I can't be strong enough to, to handle these emotions, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like so much of my own work has been about creating space. And I know this is just a really common technique, but creating space between your reaction, right? Your visceral reaction in a Mm -hmm. moment. And then just being able to pause and say, okay, I responded that way. How do I actually want to to respond to this situation? If I Mm -hmm. am, you know, healthy, if I am in the place that I think I'm at, what would that response be? And then what will it take for me to think differently the next time around? Mm -hmm. And how can I apply that thinking right now? Mm -hmm. So it was that 10 minutes of just um, of processing was, was spent doing that. It was okay. I definitely feel triggered. Why am I triggered? It really Mm -hmm. isn't about this man. And then how do I give myself the space to actually process how I want to react and how I want to Mm -hmm. feel? And then how do you quickly embody Mm -hmm. that? And I know that that is actually more difficult than the words Mm -hmm. that I'm speaking, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, years of practice can Mm -hmm. can allow you or, you know, maybe not years, maybe it's 10 minutes of practice for some Mm -hmm. people, but it's that practice of allowing yourself to have some space. And then I think also that, that forgiveness, that grace that you give yourself so that it's Mm -hmm. not, like you said, it's not that you spin out or, or just get weighed down in your, in your initial feeling when you're Mm -hmm. triggered. It's okay. Yeah. That's where I'm at, but Mm -hmm. I can, I have the control to move myself into a new place. 
Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of people listening that can relate with exactly what you're saying. We have all kinds of people from around the world and, you know, it's, it's an ongoing thing, you know, um, you know, healing from trauma. And so personally, I wanted to see your side of it and, and ask you, how did you finally heal from your trauma? Or is it something that's you're constantly working on? I spent years in therapy where <laughs> I was in denial, actually. So I was in therapy for, you know, all sorts of other problems in my life. I had mm-hmm. um, anxiety, depression, you know, whatever you go to therapy for with relationship sure. issues, all those things. And over the course of my lifetime and relationship with therapists, every therapist would say, do you think that maybe you were um, sexually um, assaulted or were you mm-hmm. raped? And I'd be like, no, 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 like, that's <laughs> not me. And uh, right. you know, every time and every single therapist, my whole life has brought this up. Yeah. And every time I'm like, gosh, that's so weird. They all ask me this question. Why do they ask <laughs> me this question? And finally, you know, I'm, I'm 39 right now. So finally in my mid thirties, I was like, Hmm, maybe all these therapists are onto something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. It takes you so long to hear what people are able to tell you and what other right. people can see. You have to be in a place to actually hear it and acknowledge it and probably in a place to deal with it. You know, once I got to that point of like, hmm, there's probably something to what all these therapists have said, I um, I decided like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to dig into this and really deal with it uh, finally, because I don't really know what it is. I had really blacked out um, a mm-hmm. lot of the events that happened. I only really mm-hmm. remembered snippets of it. And the sort of the interesting thing was I was really scared yeah. to remember what happened. It was like, oh my gosh, I felt like this was mm-hmm. so traumatic to me that I actually, my body mm-hmm. blacked out. So if it was so scary that my body decided mm-hmm. I shouldn't remember, should right. I really It's like a protective <laughs> mechanism. In fact, uh, yeah. in my last episode, yeah. I had a EDMR uh, therapist who was actually attacked, stabbed, you know, left for dead, whatever. And I mean, bits and pieces, like um, it's kind of like he remembers and he doesn't remember. So I think it's like a protection mechanism, mm-hmm. especially that's why when I think when therapists ask, like, have you, do you think you were raped or attacked? And a lot of times, a lot, a lot of trauma victims, they, they're not sure they don't remember. I've, I've had one guy in here that was actually, um, raped. He was a, a male and he had a date rape, uh, in his drink or whatnot. And he totally blacked out, didn't mm-hmm. remember a thing until he, you know, got, went to the doctor and then they found out like, okay, this is 99% what happened, you know? So it's, it's really yeah. tough for, for anyone um, that's been through trauma to, to go back and really get those, uh, the facts of what happened. In fact, EDMR is, uh, EMDR, I should say, is something that's very helpful. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but uh, it's something that I actually yeah. tried myself and it's it's very effective for, for a lot of people, but it, it is very intense, just a disclaimer out there. Yeah, I definitely, I, I think I tried all the traditional mm-hmm. therapeutic uh, ways to to tackle this and um, ultimately, what the way that I 
dealt mm. with this was that I went to mm. a shamanic healer and it was a really fascinating first experience because I knew that I wanted to deal with this. I knew I, I was ready to, you know, dig into it. I was ready to learn whatever I was going to learn. And um, I went into the session really open to whatever was going to come to me. So in that session, what was so fascinating is that instead of digging through the details mm -hmm. of what happened to me, I had a really visceral purge, if you will, of all of the like dark, mm. all the darkness that I had been carrying with me for so many years that I didn't really know I was carrying. And so I just felt like after that session, mm -hmm. it was out of me. And I was this new person that could actually mm -hmm. function and be happy and joyful and, and really mm -hmm. see the world. Um, and so it was, it was interesting because I had thought in order to heal from it, that I would have to go through like mm -hmm. the nitty gritty details and relive it and all of that. And essentially it was just this lifting of this heavy mm -hmm. weight that I had been carrying my whole life. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I just wanted to kind of touch on and just to kind of get your take on it. I mean, I, I spoke to a lot of people, especially a lot of trauma victims, um, and forming relationships, um, you know, let's say you're with somebody who you're intimate with, um, is that is that sometimes an issue, especially if you've been through trauma, you have to find a, a specific person who's understanding that knows what you've been through that could understand your triggers. How important is that? Like, because the reason I'm asking is because there's a lot of people out there that have been through trauma and they have the hardest time dating or keeping a relationship or even uh, being intimate with somebody. What is your take on all that? I think finding partners is so, so important and finding someone that you can feel safe with. So my husband, I'm married, I have, um, I have children. Um, mm -hmm. The, my husband is amazing. So the, the reality is, is that when we met when we started dating, there was this deep, deep feeling of safety with him. And I even communicated mm -hmm. to him. I was like, I've just never felt so safe with anybody in my life as I do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why that was so important to me at the time, because sure. I was in that phase of denial still. And so it's been an interesting journey. I mean, we're in the container of a, of a marriage. So it's been mm -hmm. interesting to go from you know, dating and being really open and free, and then actually going through the arc of, okay, I'm in denial. And then I'm able to acknowledge that I have had this, you know, sexual abuse and trauma that's happened to me. And how does that actually manifest into our relationship and, and tackling some of those things? And I think Somewhere inside of me, I instinctually knew that he would be a good partner for me that mm -hmm. could walk that journey with me. And so I imagine from his side of it, mm -hmm. it's been pretty tumultuous as well over the years going from like, you know, meeting a girl that's really like outgoing and loving and mm -hmm. free um, to actually having to deal with some of this trauma mm -hmm. and the, the repercussions of it, right? And then mm -hmm. now coming out the other side, um, sort of going back to that 
evolved freeness mm-hmm. and and carefree attitude. It's like, you know, for for whatever reason, we're in a partnership um, mm-hmm. to go through this healing um, and have him be that support for me. I think that's like so important. Um, and all the listeners out there, you know, some people have been through so much trauma and they feel alone. Um, they don't have anyone they can trust or they are married and they feel alone with their spouse or whoever they're with the significant other. Um, they don't feel that connection. And I think part of the healing is like, for me, at least I believe that, you know, you have to be okay with yourself before you can give your whole self to someone else. That person can compliment you, you know, and all the flaws that you have and all the great things that you can offer. But at the end of the day, you know, um, finding that special person that can understand, you know, what you've been through and know your triggers and understand not to take things personally. I think that's vital for, for especially the trauma victims out there, because let's face it, a lot of them just have trust. They don't want to trust anyone. But one of the key things you said is that you felt safe and it seemed like the trust was there. And I think that's that's vital in, in to keep at least a long-term relationship going for the long haul. Absolutely. I think two key points, right? Having a really strong foundation of trust is so, so important. I agree with you there. The second thing you said that I think is vitally important is that you have to heal yourself. You have to learn how to love yourself before you can mm-hmm. really love someone else. And it's amazing when I look back at my marriage now at how well our marriage did when I really wasn't able to love myself for so long. And I think mm-hmm. for me, it just reiterates our our really strong connection and bond. But now mm-hmm. the, in the place that I'm at today, where I really have unlocked that that door to be able to love myself and understand how vitally important it is to take care of myself and do all of those things, it opens up a whole nother level of being able to interact with my husband and truly love him in a deeper way than I ever have. Mm -hmm. But it also opens up that door for my relationship with my children and how Mm -hmm. connected I am to them. And my sisters and my parents and my friends, it's like, once you're able to sort of remove the darkness, or at least for me, as I was able to remove that darkness that was just sort of settling all over me and was super heavy, like a cloak, I got rid of that. Then I worked on discovering how to actually love myself, getting to know who I am, appreciating that, accepting it, loving it. And the part that I'm working on now that I mentioned earlier is that Mm -hmm. self-expression, right? Actually sharing that with the world in a really safe way for me, that all Mm -hmm. is what has unlocked these really beautifully deep connections with people around me that I've just never been able to have. Let's say a friend comes to you and they ask for advice and you're going to be nice to your friend. You're going to do what's best. You're going to talk to them with empathy and understanding. So why can't trauma victims do that for themselves. You know, that's the that's the big thing and so I think that's where self-love comes in. If you can if you can be so nice to a, a good friend who's coming to you for help that's been traumatized and you've been traumatized, why can't you speak to yourself in those terms and why is, why are you so hard on yourself but 
but you're you're great to other people but yourself you know and that's that's what i've been dealing with um but i come to a point it's like if i can help thousands of people on this podcast and you know help them through these talks and and having guests from all over the world sharing their stories and you know really reaching out to the audience you know i owe it to myself to treat myself the same way and that's a part that's a big part of self-love. That's, that's why I do this. And I think that's one of the biggest things for me that, that opened the floodgates is like, okay, that's one way to, to honor myself and, and stand for something. And the second thing you mentioned was like having a support group, you know, having people around you and there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to be on your team and that's fine. But the ones that are the one, you know, two or three people, whether it's, you know, your spouse or a good friend, keep those people um, around you because those are the people when you're feeling down, those are the people that, that are my go-to. And and there's not very many people like that, especially now. I mean, I, the people that I have in my close circle, I keep because they know me inside out. They know my triggers. They know how I think. And I think that's a, that's a huge part of as far as healing. So with that said, Demetria, Wrapping up here, I just want to give you this, this last scenario and throw you a little curveball here and, and see what, what you Please think. Do. <laughs> and, and there's no right or wrong answer. So everything that you've said so far up to this, you know, this podcast and everything that you went through in your life with the abuse and the trauma, if there was somebody listening out there that may, you know, may not have gone through that, you know, much, um, tragic tragedy but you know they're they're going through a lot like maybe with a job or being a single parent or they're just like down and out anxiety depression you know just really having a hard time after the pandemic what can you leave them with especially with everything you've been through and you turn your life around and you you've healed yourself you wrote a book and you're you're definitely a lot of good energy i can feel Mm -hmm. that what can you leave that with uh, the audience today? What I use for myself is anytime I'm in a situation that feels challenging or hard for me, or, you know, just not this like bubbly, joyful place that I, that I really work to be at often is to remind myself that whatever is happening in my life is happening for me. And even though I as a human can't understand how all of this is working, that there is some reason that I'm going through this particular challenge that is going Mm -hmm. to unlock something beautiful in my future. Mm -hmm. And so I would ask others to think about their situation in a challenging moment and just give yourself the ability to trust that that moment is unlocking something beautiful in your future. Very well said. And I want to thank you so much for being brave to come on this podcast and share your story. And it's very inspiring, especially to, I'm sure, a lot of listeners and and me personally. Um, Before we take off, can you just tell us where we can find you on social media, if you don't mind sharing that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Instagram and the handle is Luminance Healing. And you can find me on Clubhouse. I'm at Demetria or um, on my website at luminancehealing.com. There you have it. And you're always welcome back, by the way. 
Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. Um, I hope you guys got something out of this. Um, I certainly did. And with that said, if you can feel free to let me know how I'm doing um, by leaving a review, really helps me keep going. We're heading towards that 100th episode. I have a lot more guests coming out in the future. Stay tuned for that. And just remember, guys, I always say you guys are never alone. Thank you for being a loyal listener and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. We are out. You're listening to Beyond Call and Pat.